Good evening, friends. Today is the 5th of March, 2020. It's a Thursday in Lent, and it's a very, very special day in my personal world. It is the day that I gave birth to my son, Jack. So this is Jack's 14th birthday, and I am so incredibly thrilled to be his mom. And so as a as a birthday gift, I guess you could say to him, I am saying evening prayers today here in the church. And I know I usually say evening prayers here in the church, so it's not like special, but these are dedicated to Jack for his birthday. So just uh, go with me on that, if you would, please. Our readings today, or this evening, are Psalms 19 and 46. We're also going to, because we didn't do morning prayer this morning, read Genesis 39, 1 through 23, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 3, 15, and the Gospel of Mark 2, 1 through 12. Almighty everlasting God, let our prayer in your sight be as incense, the lifting up of our hands as the evening sacrifice. Give us grace to behold you, present in your word and sacraments, and to recognize you in the lives of those around us. Stir up in us the flame of that love which burned in the heart of your Son as he bore his passion, and let it burn in us to eternal life into the ages of ages. Amen. O oh, gracious light, oops, I skipped, sorry. Dear, dear friends in Christ, oh, Jesus said, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, folks. Thank you for bearing with me. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life, amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Creator in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Creator, Word incarnate, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. 
Psalm 19. The heavens are telling this the heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims God's handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of God is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of God are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of God are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of God is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of God is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of God are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. O God, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. God utters God's voice. The earth melts. The God of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of God. See what desolations God has brought on the earth. God makes wars cease to the end of the earth. God breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The God of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our Hebrew scripture reading is Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 23. 
Now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. God was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that God was with him, and that God caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. He made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, God blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of God was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and with him there he had no concern for anything but the food that he ate. Now Joseph was handsome and good-looking, and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, with me here my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my hand. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not consent to lie beside her or to be with her. One day, however, when he went into the house to do his work, and while no one else was in the house, she caught hold of his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the members of her household and said, and said to them, See, my husband has brought among us a Hebrew to insult us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out in in a loud voice. And when he heard me raise my voice and cry out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Then she kept his garment by her until his master came home, and she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant, whom you have brought among us, came in to insult me. But as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. When his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, This is the way your servant treated me, he became enraged. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined, he remained there in prison. But God was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The chief jailer paid no heed to anything that was in Joseph's care because God was with him. And whatever he did, God made it prosper. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle J, a song of Judas. I will sing a new song to my God. For you are great and glorious, wonderful in strength, invincible. Let the whole creation serve you. For you spoke and all things came into being. You sent your breath and it formed them. No one is able to resist your voice. Mountains and seas are stirred to their depths. Rocks melt like wax at your presence. But to those who fear you, you continue to show mercy. No sacrifice, however fragrant, can please you. 
but whoever fears God shall stand in your sight forever. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through chapter 3, verse 15. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they themselves are subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of God so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as God assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each builder will become visible, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If what has been built on the foundation survives, the builder will receive a reward. If the work is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, the builder will be saved, but only as through fire. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle asks a song of our true nature. Christ revealed our frailty and our falling, our trespasses and our humiliations. Christ also revealed his blessed power, his blessed wisdom and love. 
He protects us as tenderly and as sweetly when we are in greatest need. He raises us in spirit and turns everything to glory and joy without ending. God is the ground and the substance, the very essence of nature. God is the true father and mother of natures. We are all bound to God by nature, and we are all bound to God by grace. And this grace is for all the world, because it is our precious mother, Christ. For this fair nature was prepared by Christ for the honor and nobility of all, and for the joy and bliss of salvation. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, gracious Christ. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, The wedding wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ. Praise to you, gracious Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We will use, as we have been, the affirmation of faith based on Ephesians three fourteen through 17 by John Schimminger of St. John's Grace. O oh, we believe in God the One, the Father, Mother, Mild, the Nurturer, the Teacher, Kind, cradling their cosmic child. O oh, we believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of pure love, who in our human hearts enshrined sheds kindness from above. 
we embrace the holy breath, the spirit, wind, and fire, who strengthens us with grace and power to follow love's desire. Oh, we believe in God who's one, creative passion and redeeming love, and living well of kindliness. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We'll use Suffrages Set B on page 122 of the Book of Common Prayer. That this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful, we entreat you, O God. That your holy angels may lead us in paths of peace and goodwill, we entreat you, O God. That we may be pardoned and forgiven for our sins and offenses, we entreat you, O God. That there may be peace to your church and to the whole world, we entreat you, O God. That we may depart this life in your faith and fear and not be condemned before the great judgment seat of Christ, we entreat you, O God that we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion of St. John, St. Clare, St. Julian, and all your saints, entrusting one another and all our life to Christ, we entreat you, O God. Most holy God, the source of all goodness, the source of all good desires, all right judgments and all just works, Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for the blessings of the day that is past and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours through the one who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Ruler, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Keep watch, dear God with those who work 
or watch or weep this night and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Now is our time for special prayers, and I think that in honor of Jack, we should pray some prayers for young people. Let me see if I can find them here. I have so many bookmarks. Yes, prayer 47 on page 829 for young persons. God, our creator, you see your children growing up in an unsteady and confusing world. Show them that your ways give more life than the ways of the world and that following you is better than chasing after selfish goals. Help them to take failure, not as a measure of their worth, but as a chance for a new start. Give them strength to hold their faith in you and to keep alive their joy in your creation. Through Jesus Christ, amen. We also pray for those who are far from us, those recovering, especially my dear friend recovering from her surgery, and my other friend who doesn't even have the hope of surgery, doesn't have the hope of a diagnosis and a get well plan. God, give hope where there was none. Give health and strength and recovery. Let my dear friends run and leap like deer buoyant in the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. God, I am so thankful for my son, Jack. He is amazing. He is smart and he thinks deeply. And even though he doesn't trust himself with it, he has a deep spiritual sense. Grow in him peace and kindness and goodness and deep trust. Oh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for giving me Jack. God, he's an amazing blessing. I remember the night or the very early morning that I gave birth and how just in awe I was of Jack. And I still am. Every day I look at him and I think, Can it possibly be that I made you? (laughs) With God's help, of course. With God's help. Thank you, friends, for praying for me and my family. This is not an easy season that we are coming out of, but still in at the moment, that we are persevering through, however you want to put that. Hopefully, the end is near and we're transitioning into a beautiful new adventure. Um, I believe in that. I have faith in that through Christ. This season that we're about to put behind us has been long and hard, and I know that processing it will continue. Um, But I pray with full knowledge of God's will in that God's will is only for our good. 
that this will all be turned to blessing, that every evil that the enemy has tried to work will be thwarted and turned to blessing. And I trust that God is using all of this for our greatest good. And my friends, I believe that there is great power in prayer, and I thank you for your prayers. I know that they are heartfelt, and they are deeply felt. Like wind making waves in the spiritual realm. Thank you for focusing your prayer for us. I believe that God has, as the verse says we read a few days ago, more for us than we could possibly imagine. And I claim victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's talk a little bit about our readings, friends. I love Psalm 19. It's just a beautiful description of the cyclical and circular nature of the universe. It, it speaks to my little Celtic heart, I guess. When I was first reading it, I misread it. The heavens are telling the story of God, but I think that's kind of a lovely reading too, telling the glory or telling, telling the story. And I'm, I'm struck, you know, I was, I was reading up on Space Force a little bit today, and I'm struck by thinking about no matter what Space Force discovers or really controls because it's it's not as much about discovery as it is about control anymore I don't think um, and if you haven't watched the CNN documentary the war in space um, it's it's a few years old but it's it's a really good kind of and well-told glimpse but anyway, no matter what Space Force or Russia or anybody else does to control space, or no matter what Elon Musk or anybody else does to explore space, God was there first. God has seen it all already. God knows it like the back of God's figurative hand. And not only that, but it belongs to God. It is part of this interwoven and connected creation just as we do and we are. That is both helpful and nourishing and also beautiful for me to remember. And I know that's not the whole of the psalm, but that's what particularly spoke to me tonight. And then um, Psalm 47 is helpful coming on the tail of, of Psalm 19, because what we didn't talk about is, you know, the pieces about following God's um, commandments. And so 46 circles back that we don't, it's a reminder that we don't have to earn God's help, that God helps us when we are in trouble or troubled both of these things, and reminds us again, as Psalm 19 did, that God has made all of this, and so we won't fear, even if everything is shaking around us, we won't fear because our surety is in God, and God is unshakable, 
no matter what happens. There is very little. I would, I would actually say that there is nothing except God that is truly unconditional. And yet God is completely unconditional. There is nothing that we can do to make God stop loving us. God already loves us more than we can fathom. We can't earn any more. And we can't lose and become any less. It is complete, immeasurable, infinite, unchanging. It is interesting, as my commentary points out, that in many of our psalms, God defeats the enemies, but here God defeats war itself. And I think that's important to hold on to. This is a rough time globally. I was listening to, you know, one of my favorite podcasts, Pantsuit Politics, the other day, and Beth was talking about how the next president is going to need to be a really good commander-in-chief because there's a lot of, because that role is going to be very important. And I agree. Um, I agree with Beth on that. The socio-political climate across the globe is pretty unsteady. Things are pretty shaken. But God is unshaken. Things might seem shaken in your personal life right now, but God is unshaken. Whether you need a rock steady under your feet and God to place a shield and a sword in your hands, or you need God to be a comforting pair of arms to catch you as you have just crumpled on the ground and hold you close to God's bosom, Whatever it is that you need, God is there, and God is that. And God meets you where you are with exactly what you need out of pure love. May you feel that love tonight, my darlings, my beloved friends. Our Hebrew scripture reading a couple of things that I want to point out. One is how quickly human fortune is dissolved, right? Joseph is given all this stuff and he's in this really great place and then it's all gone. And so when we place our faith and trust in humans that give it to us, they can just as easily take it away. When we place our faith and trust in those things, that we might be stockpiling, that can be taken away. We are back to, and I think this is another great example of, the only place that is secure is God. All our faith and trust should be in God. That is the home of 
faith and trust. That is the, the fertile soil is God. And to place faith and trust so completely anywhere else is, is just a recipe for disaster. For God is the source of, uh, of the only true peace. And when we place faith and trust in God, then we have peace. And we can go forth secure. I think, too, it's kind of funny that uh, poor Joseph, he just has the worst time with robes. <laughs> I think here, too, that that this false crying of rape might be one of the earliest sources of what is now used as major victim blaming. There's a very, very, read the stats on this. It is true. There's a very, very, very small percentage of women who cry rape or who say that they have been raped is probably a better way to say that, but have not been. There is a tremendous percentage of men and women, both, who have been raped and do not report it. False reporting is minuscule, absolutely minuscule, compared to reporting in general, and especially compared to rape in particular. And so disbelieving any victim, because a small percentage of women have told a story that is not true, and truth is all different kinds of things, and let's not even go down that rabbit hole. Just because a small percentage of women have falsely accused, we should not treat all women like liars. Hear me, friends. So even though it didn't go well for Joseph, although one might argue that God took it and made it go well anyway, I'm glad that Potiphar believed his wife because people should be believed. And I'm okay with being fooled a small percentage of the time in order to not treat like shit the victims who the majority of the time are true victims God saved Joseph even in prison and we'll read on to see how God blessed him and I think that we need to work on our justice system as opposed to working on destroying victims. The answer is not to not let the case get to court. The answer is not to make it so scary to report that even less people report. The answer is to reinvigorate the justice system so that true justice prevails. And true justice, in my mind, friends, is healing for both victims and perpetrators. But the re-victimizing that we do to victims is inexcusable. It is horrendous. I truly believe that Jesus weeps 
And my only solace is that God's justice will eventually be done in every single case, and I know it. But it should be the work of every activist to fix this. It is commonplace. I dare say it happens nearly all of the time, although I don't have the stats for that one, that victims are re-victimized. intentionally, carelessly. And so, God, we pray for your justice to be done. We pray, dear God, for you to comfort and heal all victims and all perpetrators and to work your miraculous restorative powers, God. May restitution be done. May everything that the enemy tried to take working his evil through perpetrators be returned 10,000-fold. I know, God, that it snatches from the perpetrators just as much as it snatches from the victims. It manifests differently. But God, heal them both. Cradle those victims in your arms. Grow up a hedge of protection around them. Shield them from all who would compound the wrong already done to them. And bless them through the process that they become transformed in such a positive way, closer to the creations that you made them to be, dear God. Amen. Our New Testament reading. expounds on spiritual versus non-spiritual. And yet, I am sure people look at us like we're crazy. I'm sure people look at me like I'm crazy with these podcasts and all this. I, I even had, I had someone who was a former pastor say to me once, you spend all this time in prayer and for what? I'd lost my temper and he was like, doesn't make you a nicer person. I don't know, friend. I do think all this time in prayer makes me a nicer person. It doesn't make me perfect. I do still occasionally lose my temper. But this time with God is... It is food for my soul. And like Paul says here, we need different food at different points in our lives. I think the way that that relates to us now is the ongoing conversation I've been having about people from different backgrounds use different words to describe their experience. And we sometimes need to translate for each other. And I think that's what Paul is doing. He's giving spiritual milk when that's what can be consumed. He's giving spiritual meat when they're ready for that. I think we do the same thing. We we evolve the way we interact with each other as we are able to. I think it is part of the responsibility of discipleship to meet people where they're at. 
to translate so that they can hear and understand, to feed them so that they can digest. I know that that's true, has been true for me. The conversations that I'm having with God now and with my friends now are different than the conversations that I was having 10 years ago. And necessarily so. And it's not necessarily even like, for me, it's better. It's further. But my way is not better than anybody else's way. And where you are on your path is exactly where you're supposed to be. You're not further along. You're not further behind, my friend. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. And the only job you have is to cooperate with God. And I hope that that gives some comfort. Because with God, we are more than human. We have this whole other spiritual component to us. And it isn't separate. It comprises all things. Just like Paul says here, those who are spiritual discern all things. May we spiritually grow in Christ, come to a greater understanding, and with Christ's very own grace and love, meet others exactly where they are, help them to understand, translate for them, help them to reach understanding on their own. Amen. And now our gospel reading. Jesus is teaching here. And Jesus calls the tax collector. And Jesus eats with the tax collectors and disciples. And I think it's great here that the, um, the Pharisees ask Jesus' disciples the question, but it is Jesus who answers. They ask his followers, but it's the man himself who answers. God, when I am questioned, may it be you that answers. Amen. And we are now in that day where we are fasting because the bridegroom has been taken away from us, but he's also been given back to us. And he will come again. So while we are remembering what it is to be without, we are also keenly aware that we have God directly, the triune God is with us and in us, and nothing separates us from God. We are what is new. We don't mesh with the present evil age, is how my commentator puts it. We are the new wineskins. We are the new patch. We don't, we don't mix with the things that we were before. We are the things we are becoming. 
And so that feels uncomfortable sometimes, and it's okay. Don't make yourself old just so you stop rubbing the wrong way. Live into the future. Live into the created amazing person that you are becoming. Have faith that God knows what God is doing. Have faith. Love. Live in that love. Make yourself a safe place that your authentic self can grow and you can grow into them. Don't be ashamed. Be delighted. Be secure in God, my friends. Be loved and grow in love safely within the circle of God's love. God, encircle us in your love. Give us all a safe place to grow. Let our very own selves be safe places for us. Our souls and our bodies and our beings all residing together in harmony. Let us be harmonious with ourselves. Let us feel comfortable even in the uncomfort of stretching and growing, dear God. Guide us in your way. Amen. Well, I'd really better wrap it up. I'm going to be late to pick Jack up from practice on his birthday, and that would be no good. So, friends, let me just quickly say, Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you, and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.